Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudhaman. And joining us from Singapore today, he's just left a dinner party and he's looking for a warm-up match. It's Darren Burns. How are you, Darren? I'm great. Thanks, Arun. Um, warm-up matches, yeah. Who would have thunk it? We've been getting very excited, haven't we, over warm-up matches. We're totally pumped over a warm-up match. I've never seen such ecstatic levels from the Ultras. When you left that particular message on the Cricket Ultras WhatsApp group, uh, which these days is a hive of, of activity, <laughs> I just had this image of you kind of, sort of this was Saturday night, I think, I sort of had this image of you in black tie looking for a shortwave radio on which, on which to listen to Alex Carey's latest mind-numbing innings in a warm-up match. Yeah, so we just had a bit of a sort of, you know, dinner party at our place. It wasn't, it wasn't tie and tails by any stretch of the imagination, but I was kind of hushing people out early, and usually they stick around with the whiskey for a while, and it was like, because they're not really cricket fans, so it's like, yeah, I'm a bit tired. Um, probably time for you guys to go now. <laughs> and also joining us from another location in Hong Kong, he is what they call a hundred percenter, like Glenn Maxwell. He does everything. Welcome, Toby Doman. How are you? Good morning to you both. Uh, I'm looking forward to my first invite to a Darren Burns dinner party, I have to say. Still waiting, but looking forward to it. Well, if you guys are invited, we'll definitely be watching the cricket, so it could be an all-nighter. <laughs> it could be. So, guys, it's in, in case you hadn't heard, in case our listeners hadn't heard, the World Cup starts later today. Darren, on a scale of one to peak Shastri, we're talking Shastri at the Sydney press conference. How pumped are you? <laughs> that, that was peak Shastri. It's, it's hard to say. I'm probably, if you look at a scale of, let's do a scale of one to 10, let's say, I'm edging up towards an eight, I think. I, I just think the more you see some of these warm-up games, you kind of realise that this is quite open. I mean, people are saying that England are going to win it hands down, but there seems to be a lot of teams um, that'll challenge for that top four. So it's just super exciting. It's, I'm totally pumped. Toby, on a scale of one to Mike Gatting right before the buffet, how pumped are you? Cheese roll, that's how pumped I am. Um, I'm extremely pumped. I let, I'm being British, it's a proud moment for me to see the tournament open in pouring British rain on the mile yesterday. That's very apt. But yeah, really exciting. And look, England, obviously, everyone's talking up them as favourites, but to Darren's point, there are a number of very dangerous sides that could upset the party. So I think it's all to play for, and it's extremely exciting. Yeah, we, we should perhaps um, unpack yesterday's opening ceremony, which I, I must confess I wasn't aware even happened. Uh so what did happen? I, 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 I gather Pat Cash was involved. Yeah, bizarre. Um, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll sort of try and paint the tableau for you. It's the mile which is reserved for, you know, big uh, state events or the finishing line for an Olympic um, event, for example. Uh, yesterday, apparently, it hosted uh, a clutch of um, seemingly cricket fans uh, and Andrew Flintoff and Pat Cash, and it was pouring with rain. And I think I think the budget may have run out uh, in terms of that opening ceremony. However, um, it was very very British. I think let's make the most of it. It's pouring with rain. I think for those listeners not familiar with um, Andrew Flintoff's new career, he kind of fancies himself as an entertainer. Um, 
and he's 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 got he's got this kind of entertainer vibe. He got his mate Paddy McGuinness. So anyone that's not familiar with the show Take Me Out, which is not about assassinating people, it's about going on dates um, with, with with people. Um, his old mate from up north uh, managed to get in on the act. It was all a bit odd and a bit tin pot, but I loved it. Was it as bad as the 99 World Cup opening ceremony when the uh, the fireworks were rained out? I'll never forget that one. That was another classic. Tony Blair turned up at that one as well. As I was it like the daytime fireworks? That, that was the one, yeah, and it was, and they were <laughs> they were rained off completely. I mean, it was, it was shockingly bad. Um, and the smoke was all over the field forever, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, yeah. There was just smoke. It was like the, the stench of defeat already it was wafting. There were fires in the stands during that that Sri Lanka India World Cup match. When was that? Was that in '95 or '99? Was it similar to that? '96, that one, I think. When they was it '96? You're right. When Sri Lanka went on to win the World Cup, indeed. They did. What? What? That was an incredible tournament, actually. That was. I was, I was watching a World Cup retrospective yesterday, just to get into the mood. <laughs> get even further into the mood. So we didn't ask you on, on a scale of ten. How pumped are you for this? Uh, I'm, I'm up at eleven. This is we're we're at full spinal tap for today's World Cup. I just hope the rain. St- I think the rain is forecast to stay away. Uh, England, South Africa at the Oval later today. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, it's just nice to have cricket uh, every day. And there's been a lot of a lot of chat. There's been some good quotes out there. Um, I'm a little. I mean, the one thing I will say is I'm a little concerned that. Um, this World Cup is not really going to capture the imagination in England. It's the first World Cup that's not on free-to-air TV. And it's taking place at the same time as the Women's World Cup, the FIFA Women's World Cup in England, which is on free-to-air TV and I think will capture the imagination. I think it's a little worrying that you know people may not pay any attention to the Cricket World Cup, even... Uh, certainly in the group stages, um, you know, maybe when the semi-finals come around, they might. But notwithstanding that, I'm definitely, definitely excited for sure. Um, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. Well, all the captains have met the Queen, of course. That's the most important thing. I was just looking at um, a pic- pictures in the Evening Standard. Actually, I think the Queen shaking Aaron Finch's hand, saying, "And what do you do?" Which is a very good question. <laughs> Did anybody embarrass themselves? Like, did anybody touch the queen or, you know, break protocol? Or did you notice anything weird? No, I think everyone was pretty well, well behaved from, from the pictures. I think, um, I think Virat Kohli may have said that pimple's got to go. <laughs> Not sure. It's possible. So we've had some interesting quotes. Don't know what you guys have, but I've been looking around and I got, I mean, yeah, some strange ones out there. I quite like Liam Plunkett. Um, we call our bowlers the ants as they just do the job, go home, and let the batters get the glory. I think every bowler can sympathise with that. They sure can. Unless you get a fifer. Yeah, but even then, if it's like five for a hundred, which is what it what it likely is for the England one day bowlers. <laughs> That's the you know, we talk about England as favourites, they are favourites, rightly so, but their bowling attack is um it's definitely not the best in the tournament. You know, and I think it's. I think we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that later on. What have you got? What have you guys got in terms of some, any interesting quotes that you've noticed? I've, I've got a few from the Australian camp that caught my eye. So let me do one. I, I think you know, there's been a lot of you know, there seems to be this eulogising and just canonising of Ricky Ponting just in all the press and in all the warm up games about the World Cup and him being the best player ever and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and Aaron Finch this week again was uh, in the firing line with another good quote. He said. All the boys want to impress Punter. Of course, many of you know that Ricky Ponting' nickname is Punter because he used to like gambling. 
um, which is great for an Australian captain. Anyway, he said, everyone wants to impress Punter. You should see them all. It's like eight-year-old girls around Justin Bieber <laughs> when Punter's in the, around the change room. <laughs> and it's true. You hear a lot of the players, you know, whether it's Maxwell or, you know, they're all, all curring up to him and, you know, kind of getting down and kowtowing to, to Punter. So that was quite interesting, I thought. Yeah. Justin Bieber. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what's his role in the team? Does he have a role? It's a good question. Uh, I think he's, I think he's sort of next in line and he, he's been around the ODI team for a while. I, I think he's got a deputy coach or something like that or mentor or something. I don't think he hangs, hangs around the buffet very much. He's not really much for that. Yeah, it's a good one. Toby, anything from your side? Yeah, a couple. Um, just, just some nice language, basically. This is from, um, Ali Martin, actually, in the Guardian, just on England's chances, really, since 2015, that shambolic tournament talking about them saying it's been a transformation akin to one of those tv architecture shows where some utter carbuncle of a 1950s bungalow is dramatically turned into a modern family home that suddenly sits as the envy of the entire street which i think is quite quite prophetic and then lasif malinga um he apparently not as quick as he once was but he has a little extra around the midsection these days but like a latter-day elvis he can still make a stadium scream with his old hits which I quite like. Quite true. Showed us in the IPL. I quite like. There was a couple that we we put on the. Uh, you mentioned. I think you put this one on the uh, on the WhatsApp group. Kagisa Rabada's arm turns over like a V8 engine. <laughs> yes. Was that a real quote, or did you just make that up? No, that's a real quote. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it purring at the Oval tomorrow tonight. Yeah. Toby Doman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Esquire. Very good. Adam Zampa, 12 months ago, I was playing for Brentwood Cricket Club against Monty Panesa, which was interesting. Trying to get ready for a T20 gig for Essex. Quite a change for Adam Zampa, who now I think we can say has the best hair in the World Cup. I think he does. He's a bit of a fashion icon. Yeah, he's got, he's got the Alice band. He's got it all going there. I mean, it's quite a barnet he's, he's got. You know, he's... I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him kind of do his thing. If only, if only to see that kind of Bob in action. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit like David Willey's doing the same thing, isn't he? Um, unfortunately, he's been dropped, unceremoniously dumped from the English team. I had another good one. I thought, um, you know, I'm always on the lookout for you know either a Shastri quote or something from Justin Langer. And I think Justin Langer, he's just started to get into form, just started to peak at the right season. So they asked him recently, you know, how's, how's Steve Smith doing around the group? And he said, oh, mate, he's shadow batting wherever he goes. He's shadow batting in the bus. He's shadow batting on, in the restaurant. He's in the shower now, shower batting. He just loves batting, the young man. He loves batting. God, he's such an odd guy, Steve Smith. Shower batting <laughs> in, 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 the, in the showers. I bet he does too. I bet he does. I bet he's just... He's just, he just, he just loves it, doesn't he? You can just tell. He just, he just loves being out there and batting. He just wants to bat all the time. Steve Smith is just... He's like that one guy you've got in the group who's just really odd. I have a lot of odd guys in my group. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. I do. And finally, and maybe the final word, Dre Russ, I don't read the papers because all that is negativity. Very zen. Very zen. I was watching, so that West Indies warm-up game a couple of days ago, they scored 421 against New Zealand. Dre Russ came out to bat at number eight, which I feel like there should be a law against that. How demoralizing... If you're a bowler, you see Andre Russell striding out after you, you've got the team six down. That's got to be a tough one. I, I can't imagine he's going to bat at number eight in the tournament, but you wouldn't think so. But anyway, so if we don't have any more quotes, I guess we can talk now a little bit about the squad updates because uh, there were a few changes to some of the squads. I think most notably England. 
who dropped. David Willey, Joe Denley dropped out. Alex Hales had already been dropped, which meant the uh, opened the way for Joffrey Archer to come into the team. So no real surprises there, I don't think. No, I think they're pretty settled. I think the only issue injury-wise is with Mark Wood. I think Plunkett comes in for Wood at the Oval against South Africa tonight. Um, and then Jason Roy is in punishing form at the moment, absolutely slaughtered uh, Afghanistan. He has had a back injury earlier in the season. Back injuries, as we know, don't go away. Um, so there's a potential half question mark over him, but otherwise pretty settled. And Joffre Archer, I think it was always meant to be, wasn't it? Yeah, he's, he's going to play today. Is, is that the... He's got to play, right? He has to. He has to. Yeah, he has to. I think England need him. I mean, I think England, you know, the batting lineup is remarkable. And as Coley said, this is a good quote, they are obsessed with getting to 500. I think Coley's started the mind games early. Uh, I think he said that last week when the captains got together. And um, I think he was trying trying to portray himself as being extremely chilled out, Virat Coley. Because, you know, after the IPL, this is just a bit of fun for him. But yeah, England, I think that the bowling is is probably the only real question mark. They're really reliant on Adil Rashid in the middle overs. And if he gets injured, then, you know, it, their reserve spinner is um, is Liam Dawson, whoever he is. So that could be interesting. What else do we have on, on the squad updates? Darren, anything on Australia? Not so much the squad update. I think it's pretty much as we expected. I, I think the big question around Australia is what do they do with their top order? So I think do they put Smith... Kawaja and Marsh in that squad, probably probably one of them misses out, you think. So either Kawaja or, or Sean Marsh. I think it's a 50-50 bet there. Kawaja's been batting really well, hasn't he, in the warm-up games? Well, they both have, well, Kawaja in particular. So so I think it's it's kind of a good thing. So either way, I think you don't really lose much and you have somebody to come in if, if they don't do well. Is Kawaja okay, by the way? Sorry, he, he had an injury in the, one of the warm-ups. Is, he, is that a minor? No, I think it was just a... Yeah, a, a niggle. Uh, I think David Warner had a niggle, and that became a you know the headline on the on the Cricket Australia website. But I think they're all good. He likes a bit of niggle, David Warner. He does like a bit of niggle. I mean, who's, I think you know Nathan Lyon has impressed me in the last few games that he's played. If he gets on a dry wicket, he's turning the ball a lot. He's very crafty. I do worry about their fast bowling. They're sort of short a fast bowler, so they've got kind of Stark, if Stark bowls well, which is a question mark as well. But if he bowls well with Cummins, who's the other fast bowler? It's probably Jai. Is it Jai Richardson or Jason Berendorf? He's, he's he's injured. It's probably Berendorf. You'd probably go to for Berendorf on a on a bit bit of a green greener track up front because he has a big ability to take wickets. But you, they might be tempted to play Zampa and Lyon for a lot of the tournaments. So that remains to be seen. So you know, Australia might be there or thereabouts, but um, they're definitely not the favourites. No, but I, I've seen a, a sort of. Um groundswell of support for Australia because they seem to be peaking at the right time. They've won, what is it, two one-day series to th- this year, uh, including their most recent one. Sorry, not the most recent one, but including the one in India. They've got, if the bowling attack fires, it's it's very good, although Mitchell Stark does look a bit off colour. I thought I saw Jai Richardson bowling in a warm-up game. No, he's been injured. Oh, has he been injured? Uh, so he's out, yeah. So I think they've won about, if you include those warm-up games, they've won about 10 or 11 games on the trot. I think after winning four in the last 12 months before that. So definitely it's an improvement, but whether they're going to be a real challenge remains to be seen. So, Yeah, and I I just, I have a couple of question marks about, you know, Mitchell Stoinis is not bowling or doesn't seem to be bowling very well. Marcus, yeah. Sorry, Marcus. <laughs> Mitchell, he might as well yeah, be he's... Mitchell. And then Alex Carey's doesn't seem, is he in the best of form at the moment? 
I think his keeping is a bit questionable too. The other night he missed a pretty straightforward stumping off Nathan Lyons. So he's okay. I think he's coming better. I think Marcus Stoinis looked better with the bat the other, in a couple of practice games and also with the ball. So hopefully um, he comes good. But yeah, a lot of question marks in the Australian team. So if they get to the semifinals, it'll be a surprise. So one team that did make a number of changes, wholesale changes, you could say, is Pakistan. No real surprises there. It's, uh, they, they were trounced by England in their warm-up series, uh, and they responded by bringing in Mohammad Amir, who's, I think, taken something like five wickets in the last 12 months, uh, but of course is a, is a wonderful bowler on his day. Um, sorry, not in the last 12 months. I think it's since the Champions uh, Trophy final, which was 2017. Brought back the old warhorse Wahab Riaz, who has been playing cricket for a very long time at this point. Yeah, this, I mean... <laughs> Difficult as as always. Difficult to say what will happen with Pakistan. They've actually got. I still feel like they could spring a surprise. They've still got the core of that Champions Trophy unit. They've got bowlers who are not bowling well, but are capable of bowling a lot better. Um, and they've got a pretty decent. I still think that middle order is pretty good with them. Uh, Safraz, Muhammad Hafiz, uh, Asif Ali, and Babar Azam. Um, it's capable of yeah. doing look, some damage. Look, I think on any given day, they've got the quality and the talent to do it. Whether they can put it all together remains to be seen, as you said. I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise if they ended up in the top four, would it? No, it would not. And then I think in terms of other squad updates, I don't think there's anything major. I mean, um, South Africa, Dale Stain is injured. He's going to miss today's game. That's a big blow. I think they're going to bring in Chris Morris. Is it Chris Morris who's replacing him? Yes. And they've also got Andile Filiquayo. Um, and obviously Kagisa Rabada and Lungi Ngidi will Ngidi, yeah. all play. And they've also got this guy, Vander Dussen. Is that his name? Rassi. Rassi yeah, Vander Dussen. He looks like he'll be in the 15. But I think South Africa's look pretty good in the warm-up games, and they could be a bit of a surprise packet, actually. No one's talking about them at all. No, there's no pressure on them for once. For, for once, really, since... First time probably since 92, South Africa... Or maybe 96. South Africa's not being talked of as a potential champion. Because if you look at, you know, Hashim Amla's back in the squad and he's looked quite pretty good so far, hasn't he? Um, he's been out of sorts for quite a while, but he's, he seems to be back in form, which is a big plus for them. You know, that with Faf up the top with Quinton de Kock, who's been in great form in the IPL. You've got Aidan Markram, David Miller, and, and the bowling attack is good, isn't it? With You've got your sort of Rabada, as we mentioned. You've got Imran Tahir, who's in right, red-hot form. And also in Giddy. So they're, I'd say they're an outside chance to, to make that top four. They are. I mean, Faf Duplessis, is, he's another chilled out entertainer as captain. You know, he's saying all the right things. I think he's very happy that they're not favourites. If you're not a favourite, you can't choke, which has got to help. That's got to help South Africa. New Zealand. I mean, I don't know if it's fair to keep calling them dark horses. I think... Possibly because they play in all black, we we often think of them as dark horses. They, you know, they got to the final in 2015. I, they were probably the best team in that tournament until the final. Yeah, um, I'm not sure they're as good as 2015 though. I think perhaps. Yeah, so. I think missing missing um, BMAC, uh, brought, you know, up the top of the order there. So, the, yeah, I don't know. They they, they did well, didn't they? I mean. Trent Bolt's been in great form, and I think he, you know, bowled out India the other night, more or less, up the top there, and then they got thrashed by West Indies. So, so I, I don't know. I mean, they, they could be in the top four there or thereabouts as well. 
I think Bolt's the key for them. He knows English conditions very well. He's bowled extremely well um, in the last Test series in England. And I think if he can get in amongst the wickets, again, they're missing, obviously, their big striker from, strike scorer from, from years gone by. But he's the key for them, I think. And they're obviously a top side uh, and they've won the World Cup. England and South Africa have never won it, the big nations. So it, loads of pressure on England, less on South Africa. New Zealand, I, I always feel that they're kind of just there or thereabouts and would just sort of sneak sneak over the line like a marathon runner at the very end so I think I fancy them they've still got some pretty decent batsmen let's not forget the guppy who scored a two what has he still got the record for the highest World Cup innings I mean he scored two yeah 260 odd wasn't it was it 237 was it two I can't remember yes in, something like in the that. last World it Cup huge. it was a, it was a ri- ridiculous innings and of course they've got Ross, Ross Taylor and and the man Kane Williamson another another chilled out entertainer as captain you know Colin Munro and Mitchell Santner who, who always impresses um, I, I, I thought Ish Sodi didn't look that great in the last few games and Tim Southey seems to be way down on pace well they both do I thought Southey and Bolt both seem to be down on pace but they've got is it Matt Henry who brings the I think he's the quickest of the, of the bowlers at the moment I think a lot is going to depend on the pitches as well it's and it's been really weird the warm-up games it's not clear because they're not playing, obviously they're not playing on the tournament pitches, but it's not clear what kind of pitches we're going to get. I mean, Trent Bridge is looking like a contender for 500. Um, I think there's been something like four, four innings of more than 400 in the last year at Trent Bridge. The suggestion is a lot of the pitches are going to be feather beds and they're bringing the boundaries in. If that's the case, then you worry actually about a team like New Zealand if there isn't much assistance for the bowlers. Yeah, correct. It's going to be a festival of runs, isn't it? The whole thing. I think if you look at this time of year now, what we're in early June in England, um, it's not been a bad start to the summer. I think it's been much worse. But if you look at the grounds, the big grounds, Old Trafford is probably the only one that will offer any spin, genuinely. can be quite dry. Looking at Taunton, that's a batsman's paradise. Bristol is going to play very low uh, and probably very slow. Lords, you just don't know what you're going to get. And the overall usually is an absolute belter. So it's difficult to say. I think runs will be king. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, the oval, I think we're going to see some big scores, possibly at the Rose Bowl as well, I would imagine. That's a ground that seems to encourage encourage batting. But yeah, it's, you'd hope there's a bit more for the bowlers than has been advertised because otherwise if it's just, if it is, a, a, you know, these these matches where every team gets over 350, I think it could get a little boring. I don't know. Could do. It's okay if they score that many runs if they're close games, right? You know, we don't want to see a World Cup where they're all like one-sided games. It's, it's really boring, isn't it? Especially in a one-day tournament. We, we probably haven't really talked about West Indies yet, have we? I think they're definitely... Look, they've got the firepower um, with the batting. So, you know, on flat tracks, you think they'd be a real handful. Not sure if the ball's moving around a bit, what they're going to do, but I expect them to do well against a lot of teams. So, you know... They've got all their guns on board, haven't they? They've got Chris Gale, they've got Evan Lewis, Andre Russell, Shai Hope, who's in great form. You know, some emerging stars like Nicholas Poran and Shimron Hetmeyer. I mean, that's a good top six or seven there. Yeah, they got some huge hitters. I mean, Chris Gale, what is it, in the in the series against England recently, he cleared the boundary uh, 39 times on his own, which was more than the, the England team combined. And, and I think John Wright said on commentary, that's more than I cleared in my entire career first class career I, I love John Wright's commentary he's great isn't he he's just he's just the I mean it's just Uncle John up there isn't he really you just you'd love him around he's he's wonderful 
Yeah, West Indies. And and Shannon Gabriel is back. He brings, you know, he brings the pace. Jason Holder, of course, he's charged with them um, kind of holding it all together, I guess, as captain. I guess the, the bowling is the big question mark for the West Indies. Um and and maybe team unity as well. But if they fire, then yeah, anything's possible. Right. So if we're gonna do some should we do some predictions and things like that? Let's start with this is an easy one. The wooden spoon. Who's going to finish last? I don't know. I'm going to say Sri Lanka. Yeah, I was going to say that too. They've uh, been in disarray. There's nothing you've seen. You know, that surprise test victory against West, I mean, against Africa was completely out of nowhere. But, you know, you watch their other, their white ball form of the last year or two. There's nothing there to suggest they're going to do any better. Um, and the warm games haven't really helped them either. So, yeah, they don't look like a, like much of a team at the moment. And I think Bangladesh too might struggle as well. I think um, Sri Lanka's won, is it four matches in the last year, in one day or something like that? They, they're in disarray. That You know, the captaincy is, yeah, it's, it's been passed around a bit. Yeah, they look really poor. So not expecting much from them. Um, Toby, any thoughts from you on the wooden spoon? I think Sri Lanka too. You just had the word disarray. Absolutely, I think um, Sri Lankan cricket board is in a bit of bother, uh, and that's translating to the team. They're also a team in transition. Remember too, um, but confidence is low. And if the, you know their strike bowler is thirty-five-year-old um, Elvis, Lassith Malinga, you've got problems. So yeah, I think between them, but Bangladesh and Afghanistan, I, th- I think they might surprise a couple of teams on the way. Um, I'm hoping because it's all good for the tournament if teams like that score a scalp. Yeah, Afghanistan have got the bowling. I mean, Rashid Khan is one of the the top bowlers in the world. He's, I think he's, is he still ranked number one as all rounder? Or I think he's ranked number three in ODIs and number one in T20. But yeah, he's he's a champion. Yeah, he's he's you know they're. Question mark is their batting. They've got Hazratullah Zazai who's going to thrash everything at the top of the order. So he could be an interesting one to watch if he comes off. Muhammad Nabi. Yeah, Muhammad Nabi. He's a class act. Um, and Mujib as well, who I think if he if he has a good tournament, people will sit up and take notice. But batting is an issue. Bangladesh, you know, they experience. They've got Mashrafa and Fizz and the bowling. They've got Tami Mikbal and, and Sumyan. Litton Das and Co. Shakib Al Hassan, you know, all players with a lot of experience. But I don't know; they just fall apart when the pressure's on. Unless, unless they're playing England, in which case they seem to do quite well. But yeah, I don't, I don't have high hopes for Bangladesh. I must confess. Right, let's do semi-final predictions first. Darren, do you want to start? Sure. I mean, I think England will definitely make the top four. Famous last words for an Australian, I suppose. I even noticed Glenn McGrath is talking up. Um, England. So so it's almost like he's trying to put the mocker on them. Maybe it's sort of some reverse psychology there. But I think England will probably make the top four. Um, I think India, South Africa as well. Um, and maybe Australia or the West Indies. Okay. In- All right. So if you had to pick four, it would be those first four. England, India, South Africa and Australia. Yes. So you've got South Africa in there. Interesting. Toby. I'm going for West Indies, India, England and Australia. Okay. All right, so you've got West Indies. So I will also pick England, India, and Australia as the first three. And I'm going to go with New Zealand as the fourth. So we all have a different fourth. And none none of us, famously, none of us have picked Pakistan. That's going to come back to haunt us when they win the trophy. It definitely is, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to the last 
League game, which is in July 6th, South Africa versus Australia. Oh, wonderful. Where's that? Up in Manchester. Ooh, Old Trafford. Up, up north. So my first time up there. Yeah, I've never been there. I'm Came up north. Hopefully it's not raining. I'll be at the other end of the country, India, Afghanistan, at the Rose Bowl, Southampton. No, that'd be nice. That's a bit early. I think it's some. It's late June, something sometime around then. Okay, so that's semi-finals. Let's, who wants to predict a winner? Darren. Gosh, I mean, you, you've got to say England, really. I mean, on all form, you know, the way they've played these warm-up games mostly, the way they've played in the last year or two, you've got to say England. I mean, you know, the surprise packet could be South Africa, I think, but I think England, yeah. Okay, Toby. Um, this is violent, violently odd to say this, but England are favourites, and I think I think they will win. Um, that, you know, I thought that the um, Rajasthan Royals win the IPL, so what do I know? Um but I think it's going to be an England-Australia final. It's a big summer for cricket. We've got an Ashes after this. Remember that. People forget. We've got a whole Ashes series to look forward to. And that, that could just be the prelude to that final to an even more spectacular Ashes series. There's an Ireland-England test match or series. Certainly a match at least in, in, after the World Cup in ju- late July. Yeah, I think the Australian team are going to suffer it most, the most. Because a lot of their players in the ODI squad will also be key for the Ashes. Yeah, I think they'll be really struggling by the time the Ashes come around. All right, and so I'm going to pick... I'm going to go full Shastri. Are you? No, I'm not. I'm not going to pick India. I'm going to pick Australia. Whoa, look at you. Just for the fun of it. I think England definitely... The contrarian view. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think England definitely are the favourites. Uh, there's no question they've got... It seems to have all come together. They've got this once-in-a-generation batting lineup. Good leadership with Owen Morgan. I think Trevor Bayliss is... Seems to have a, a really steady hand. But, you know, it's just home teams, I don't know, there's, they, don't, they don't always do that well. In England, the pressure will be on. And I do think Australia are peaking at the right time. So let's see. Let's see. Let's talk about some players. I wanted to ask each of you, who do you think will hit the most sixes in the tournament? And if you need a minute to... Have a think. <laughs> you threw that one in out of nowhere. I'd probably say Jason Roy would be right up there. I'd probably say Jason Roy. Maybe. Yeah, it's Jason Roy, I'd say. Jason Roy, okay. Yeah, I've been wondering about this. I was thinking, I think I'm going to go with Chris Gale. Just because, yeah, because he doesn't really run singles anymore. He just seems to have reached this point in his career where he only really... That's really his main scoring shot at this point, is the six, is the hoik. His whole game is geared up for it, really. He's, it's a very efficient form of batting. He's like, um, you know, he's just, it's just that one shot he hits. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Gale. Toby? Um, I'm going to go either Josh Butler, just because he's a freak, or maybe David Warner. I think if he can take his IPL form... Uh, to this big stage and he's got a lot to prove he could be someone to really get stuff out of the block so maybe Warner is a surprise bolter yeah, that's a good call good call all right and finally players to watch obviously there are so many players to watch in this world cup and there's all the usual suspects that we're all expecting to do well you know on the bowling side I think Jasprit Bumrah and Kagiso Rabada and Rashid Khan and then on the batting side I think you know, people like Joss Butler and Virat Kohli, David Warner. Um, but maybe one each who are less obvious, if that's not too much to ask. Um, Darren, over to you. Yeah, it's, it's hard to go past the usual suspects, isn't it? Sort of looking down the team squads, 
last night. They're all pretty usual at this point, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you think so. But but I think if you look at some of the, you know, I probably can't pick one player here, but maybe, maybe a couple. So if you look at, I like Longy in, in Giddy. I think he's looked pretty good with the ball. And no one's really talking about him as a player. Um, Hashem Amler has, you know, come into some form with South Africa. You know, Australia, I mentioned Nathan Lyon. I think he's looked really good so far. People playing with a lot of caution. So probably those guys. That's probably my, my sort of look at those sort of second tier players that are maybe coming back into form or haven't really played a lot in the last few years. All right, cool. Toby? I'm going to go for Lungi and Gidi. Um, I think everyone knows about Kagisa Rabada and that V8 engine. He's going to spearhead the attack at the Oval. There's a changing in the guard in South African bowling. Dale Stain, obviously, with his last World Cup at 35, is injured. And Rabada and Gidi are now the sort of future poster boys of um, South African cricket and I think he's quite green uh, he's not played that much he's been in the wickets and the warm-ups but this is his opportunity uh, to really sort of uh, spearhead that attack so I think he will come good so he's for me player to watch Tobes you can't do that I've already I've already talked about him I, I did I did miss one from the West Indies and I think I think Shy Hope has been in great form too a new hope yeah the new hope the great hope yeah, he's been around a while though isn't he Shy Hope yeah but he, nobody really talks about him as being a key player do they well, I thought he was a real blocker for some reason. Then he just came out and was just like striking the ball so cleanly. Papa's got a brand new bag, yeah. They have a few players, don't they? You know, Shimron Hetmeyer has shown a lot of promise and Nicholas Puran. They've got these sort of emerging players, don't they? Yeah, so one of the ones I was going to pick is Nicholas Puran, um, mainly because he does try and hit every ball um, for four. There there's, there's, doesn't seem to be any in-between with him. But I wanted to actually focus on a couple of younger players, or at least... Youngish. Theoretically. <laughs> young, young, well, younger on paper, let's say. Um, Mujib Rahman, who uh, is apparently 18 years old. Uh, Afghanistan spin bowler. I think he, he could get some attention if he, if he gets going. I mean, I think it'll be a bit tough for, for spin bowlers this World Cup, but he's, he's a real talent. And then there's two pace bowlers from Pakistan that I really like the look of. Uh, two teenagers, again, um, apparently teenagers. Shaheen Afridi and Mohammad Haznain. Shaheen Afridi is six foot six, left arm fast bowler. Uh, sorry, hang on, sorry, but how, he's how old? <laughs> he's, he, well, he, they say he's 19. Six but, foot six at 19, my God. Yeah, I mean, yes, he's probably about 42, but anyway. Um, he he's, um, he's from the federally administered tribal areas, uh, left arm fast bowler. He's kind of got all the ingredients you need for a dream Pakistan fast bowler. Um, and all that's left really is for him to explode onto this tournament, um, scare some Indian batsmen, uh, and then disappear into the night and never be heard of again. Um, so, so that, that that's Shaheen. And then Mohammed Haznain is in the recent, I think it's in the recent PSL. He was consistently clocking speeds above 150 kph. Yeah, it also begs the question of you know Usman Khan Shinwari. I mean, he he is really rapid, and he had a great uh, BBL. Is he injured or he's just not He's not on the squad? He's not in the squad. Which is yeah. beggar's belief a little bit. He's a real talent too. He, he is a real, yeah, you're right. He is. I think, I think the feeling was that he just hadn't played enough cricket at this level. But yeah, so those are, the, those are probably the ones I'd go for. I mean, that's, it's always one of the great things about the World Cup is these, these sort of players that come out of nowhere. I think we probably all remember 99 when Lance Klusner took that World Cup kind of by storm he wasn't really all that well known before the tournament and it would be nice to see someone do that in 2019 20 years later okay so 
to finish, I think we need to talk about cricketers and music because we've already seen some real crimes against music coming out of this World Cup. So what exactly is happening? Are there two World Cup songs? Is there one official one? Is there one unofficial one? Does anyone have the answers? Well, I think there's two, isn't there? I think the one is the, is the TMS commentary team, perhaps. The one Imagine Dragons song that gets in your head from Freddie Flintoff and that wicked video of him walking through the streets of London, I guess it is, or is it Manchester? I, I can't really tell. Super annoying, very low budget. And then there's, of course, the Lauren featuring Rudimental, which is, I guess it's the, it's the official uh, song, isn't it, called Stand By. Not as catchy, obviously, as the um, <laughs> Freddie Flintoff tune. What an exciting name for a, for a World Cup song, Stand By. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it gives hope, I suppose, to Stand By players. Not Stand By Me, yeah, just Stand By. <laughs> stand by for something. It's yeah, it gives hope to Rishabh Pant, who's on standby. Yeah, it's there's been uh, so there's been some other World Cup songs. So I think Pakistan Junoon, the kind of famous Pakistan rock group, has come out with a with a World Cup song that shines a spotlight on marginalised communities in Pakistan, which is very very worthwhile endeavour. Toby, anything from you in terms of songs you've seen around the World Cup? I, just, I don't know. It's too much. If you think about football World Cups as well, there's, there's great YouTube videos of terrible World Cup videos gone by, which are worth a watch. I think uh, this year is no different. Um, I mean, who can name me the last the previous World Cups song? Could you? Ooh. I wouldn't like to take a guess. So yeah, I think I think it's a slightly cynical. I mean, no, I don't think many people are going to be rushing out or to download the uh, the official ICC World Cup launch song. To be honest, but um, good luck to you if you are. Well, it brings us to a, maybe a discussion of, of cricketers and music, which you know very quickly we could we could run through. I mean, there's you know there's uh, I'm sure you guys have some examples. Curtly Ambrose, I think, was is a bass player in a in a band with Richie Richardson. Uh, so Sanjay Mandrakas, a very accomplished singer, which I guess if you've heard his mellifluous tones on commentary is not so much of a surprise. Yes, Sanj. Who else have we got? Yeah, I can um, give you some real shockers. Do we need to mention Henry Alonga on The Voice? I'm, I'm going to mention Brett Lee with Asha Bosley, that you're the one for me. And there's also a terrible one from Brett, another Brett Lee band called Six and Out, which is just atrocious. I'll talk about that. The dance card is full. It's Co- Graham Swan, I think, fancies himself as a bit of a singer. Apparently has been in a band. Mark Butcher, um, I think, carries his guitar with him everywhere, as does Mike <laughs> Selvey, former cricketer and uh, now cricket correspondent. Toby, any any contenders from you? Um, I, just, I just don't know. I think I don't like this whole sort of, let's think you're an entertainer type thing. Great at cricket. It doesn't give you a platform to be a musician. I'm sorry. Unless you're talented. Uh, Henry Longo is genuinely talented. But apart from that, I'm sorry. It's just a hobby. <laughs> I think one of the most egregious bunch of cricketers I've ever heard was Brett Lee's band called Six and Out. Um, just the name alone tells you how bad it's going to be. So they recorded a song. Uh, he and his brother Shane Lee... Richard Chiqui, Gavin Robertson. Gavin Robertson, by the way, who's the former Australian spinner, is in a hospital with, with um, brain cancer at the moment. So I hope he gets through that. And Brad McNamara as well. But they formed a band called Six and Out. And there was a very famous incident in Australia in 1999 where there was a guy called Scott Muller who had just made his debut against Pakistan. And in the stump microphone, you can hear somebody in the team say, 
can't bowl, can't throw. Talking about um, Scott Muller when he was fielding on the boundary. Um, and there was a lot of consternation in the media about who actually said that. Um, a lot of people thought it was uh, Shane Warne. But the cameraman, Joe the cameraman, later on admitted that it was him. Somehow he was heard saying that into a microphone, um, which people had question marks over. But anyway, they created a song called Can't Bowl, Can't Throw, and it became a top 100 hit in Australia. Very surprising. And of course, we know Brett Lee also did a duet in India with Asha Bosley, which was also a classic, shocking, yeah, you're the one for me. <laughs> It was terrible too. I just came across it the most bizarre. I was sort of looking at this and the most bizarre song title. It's called F and L. It's Fred Titmus, half man, half biscuit from, from 1985. <laughs> so the former England Middlesex off spinner is remembered in this way and glorious. But the title of the song is F and L. It's Fred Titmus, half man, half biscuit. Half biscuit. Yeah. I'd never thought of Fred Titmus in that way, but. Uh, yeah okay interesting that's All very right. good maybe you should have done a duet with Anil Crumbley if it's half biscuit There's another, for, ne- for next time it's it's foodstuffs and cricketers we've done music I think it's food next wow <laughs> Anil Crumbley wow wow excellent well you know um, as it Rahul Dravid's nickname is is Jammy Dodger so there's there's another one for you we have we've done this ex- 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 extensive and exhaustive research into cricketers and music as we always do all right so i think that probably brings us to an end of this amazing world cup preview episode so i think the net result of this podcast is we're all super pumped for the world cup starting later today toby perhaps you'd like to take us out with a little little spoken word poetry yeah and and this just for for listeners this is a a, a, a few a clutch of verse from on top of the world, and I might, I might do it in a sort of Freddy style, actually. Um, okay. Yeah, let's see how we go. But if you're not pumped after hearing this, and you've got ice for blood, that's all I'll say. So this is on top of the world, as delivered by Freddy Andrew Flintoff Esquire. Now take it in and don't look down, because I'm on top of the world. I, I'm on top of the world. I, waiting for this for a while, paying my dues to the dirt. I've been waiting to smile, I. Been holding it in for a while, I. Take me with you if I can. Been dreaming of this since a child. That's it. Very good. Very good. So with, with yeah, with compliments to Toby Derman, to Freddie Flintoff, and to Imagine Dragons. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon with more World Cup cricket.